Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Deathrollprods.com anime and manga podcast. The podcast we haven't done since, I think, April, like February? Yeah, podcast we haven't done since February. Well, alrighty then. Yeah, we, or mercifully, I have been really bad about that. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's been... Scheduling stuff, and then insomnia, and depression, and all kinds of horrible shit happening, where we just kind of were like, okay, yeah, we just can't record for a while, because half the staff wants to die. But we are getting over that slump. Spring is coming. Uh, Apparently, intermittently, here in Canada, because... For like three days, it was like in the positive for temperature. It was, the snow was all cleared up. It was totally fine. Then overnight, three inches of snow. And just right back into it. So now we are once again in the doldrums. But we're getting through it. I'm dead. My wrist really hurts. Jonah, today we have Birdie. Hi. <laughs> Bit of an impromptu. I mean, I, 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 I could have just gone, hey, I too want to die, but, you know, that would have under that would have undercut your uh, in, entitled desire for the heat death of the universe. Not the universe, just me. No, I kind of want to take the whole universe down with me. Eh, it's not really worth it. It's a lot of effort to just go... That's enough of that horrible, depressing shit. We're here talking about anime and stuff, which is potentially also horrible and depressing. I suppose. Which we may or may not get into tonight. Uh, but before getting to that, we are actually coming in at a bit of a moment uh, as the new anime season is beginning to roll out. Uh, Cora, yeah, we're still a little early in it, but yeah. Yeah, Cora, our lovely reviews editor. Uh, has already gotten his first review up for You Know, which it has a much longer name, and I am not going to fucking remember it. Uh, Yeah, I might have to watch that one, since it's for some reason apparently the inspiration for Steins Gate. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like legit on the uh, discussions and like promotional material for this anime. Because it's apparently a remake of an adaptation of a light novel from 97. Yeah, Cora mentioned that in his review, where it was like one of the original Eroge games. Apparently. But yeah, he gave it one. He gave it one out of five. Yeah, I mean, I got that impression since his tweet on it just basically said, "This is the ugliest anime I've seen." That's not a Gohan's production. Yeah, that's about that's about it. Yeah, and it. If you've heard any of our talk about Gohan's, then you know that's something special. Yeah, which apparently the consensus on Wise is that, well, it's just not as bad as Handshakers. <laughs> High praise. Yeah, I was only stabbed. It's not like I was shot or anything. <sighs> but yeah, going into this season, I find myself in a worrying position that I have found myself in for the last couple of seasons where I don't care. can't generate 
any level of interest in anything coming out. Yep. There's a... I, there's a couple of shows I'm curious about. Well, one, I'm curious how the anime will be adapted because the manga is kind of my jam, but I can get into that later. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things that I won't be able to figure out until close to the end of the season because one of them's a Netflix did what? Yep, another fucking gem of those. And it's particularly weird because it's a Netflix did what made by a studio I thought long dead, Gonzo. Yeah, anime studios don't die. They just rename and reincarnate. But yeah, like, I just, it's been, like I said, it's been like fucking like a year or two now of anime seasons where something comes out and I do not care or I what anything that I do watch, I watch more out of obligation than interest. Yeah. I think I've fully become that asshole. The read the manga asshole? Yeah. Like hell, the most recent thing that I reviewed fucking Shield Hero anime Half of that was me comparing it to the fucking manga. Which I know is kind of a bad critic move and I'm supposed to judge it by itself, but I have a problem. And that problem is if it is if it is something that I am deeply familiar <laughs> with, I can't help but compare. Well, the thing is with these anime adaptations of popular manga or light novels is that you have to ask yourself, what does the anime bring other than just the obligatory anime adaptation. Yeah, and with Shield Hero, it's nothing. Yeah. Like, a, like any, like it, it's essentially all right. So yeah, you know that you know that Shield Hero manga that got kind of nihilistic for a good chunk of it. Let's just remove like half of that, and then put it out. Which was probably probably the only reason I actually got an anime adaptation was because it had a fucking cute animal girl in it. Because, motherfucker, you go on to Imgur or whatever, and Raftalia is all over that bitch. Yeah. Which is why I uh, appreciated the Gigguk video where he essentially was like, she's 12, she's 12, she's 12, she's oh, no, yeah. 12. Yeah, that's that's the really fucked up thing. Just Yeah, she looks adult. She's a child. And also, technically a surrogate daughter. <laughs> so it gets into some, like, even worse Usagi drop levels of shit. But just, hey, dad, fuck me. Oh, God. Like, the bird gets some of that, too, but at least... At least they acknowledge that that's wrong. And there's the other child. So many kids want to fuck that guy. And based on what I've read about what, like, what happens, a bunch of those kids do fuck that guy. Oh god, anime is so fucked. 
But anyway. Birdie. Well, um, the one new anime I watched uh, is not going to help you with your sense of... uh... So Netflix, combined with uh, directors of some of our favorite uh, television anime from the last few decades, uh, like Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, came together to bring us a wonderful new adaptation of Ultraman, based specifically on a recent manga that that... Deadman and I are both huge fans of. Yeah. And it was a great adaptation that brought the action to life in new myriad ways. April Fools, it's CGI. Okay, I thought you were quoting a review of someone. No. It's like I expect you to like quote that as like, and those are the words from this fucking asshole who's wrong. Take that, Jacob Chapman, you fuck, I guess. But you gotta get Scape Jacob Chapman. Nothing. Just that was the that was the first name of an anime reviewer I could think of. Okay. Sorry, Jacob, nothing against you. Just you're the one in the forefront, apparently. Alright. Yeah, no. Uh Okay, well actually a more a more apt thing might be like I don't I I don't know anymore, man. I was like, maybe Jeff Thu would be into that, but I'm like, I don't know what his thoughts are on CG anime. I don't know enough about him to burn him properly. Well, he certainly defends CG anime more than we do. <laughs> yeah, so suck it, Jeff Thu. <laughs> you shit. You professional shit bag. I moved out of my mom's basement with your fucking excuse. <laughs> but yeah, um... Yeah, so based on the first two episodes, this is literally just the manga, just not as good. So it's an anime. I don't think that's always the case. I think there are sometimes, like, I know you don't agree, and some of it is, like, the ima- what comes into life can't match the imagination. But if there's any anime I loved, both the manga and the anime adaptation of season one of One Punch Man comes dangerously close to matching what I always imagined as I was reading the manga. Well, I... But that requires a very special kind of director with the best in animation. And, okay, the CG in this is not bad, but it's got that it's got some of the same problems. Like, expressions are still blank. Motion is still kind of rubbery and stiff. And and this is something I noticed more because the action is so fluid. It, CG still has not figured out how to make impacts believable. Yeah. Like whether it's people punching each other or something crashing through something or something exploding. Yeah, it's it's always all, the, it's always these like sub Gary's mod models hitting each other and then and then like and then like them trying to animate a reaction. Yeah, or in the case of, like, crashes or explosions, they, like, animate the explosion and then try to animate what they, what the computer approximately thinks the expect the uh, results would be. Yeah, it's just a bunch of and, papercraft models slap fighting, and so nothing feels like it has any weight to it. Yeah. Which is weird that the CG rendered shit feels more paper thin than the drawings. Yeah. Well, because 
the human mind has trained itself to know what to expect when something behaves a certain way. Computers have to be taught that, and apparently it just seems like the creators who are using the CG tech, it they've gotten so used to thinking about the way things happen, they don't think about the little details. And since they don't plug in those little details, the computer doesn't know them. Yeah, like I've talked about artistic Uncanny Valley before. This seems more just regular Uncanny Valley. Yeah. It's not as bad as something like, say, the Godzilla anime was. <laughs> but I think that's but I think that's mainly just because uh, Kenji Kamiyama is a much better director than um Gen or Abuchi. How's it compared to, to Ajin, the one anime that people seem to really be down on? Down on? Like, I, I, don't, I don't even know what I mean. I don't even know what I mean with that. Just people fucking like half like. of the half of the shit I saw about Ajin when it was coming out, I was like, "Oh fucking shit, Ajin, it's so fucking cool!" And then once the anime once the anime stopped, it's like, "Is anyone knowing the anyone know if the manga still exists?" Yeah, um, like, I literally saw a post on fucking Reddit Day. It's like, "Hey, is is Ajin still being published?" Which was a on which was a question that I actually wanted an answer to know, answer to as well because I actually forgot it existed. Yeah, I mean, from what I remember of the Ajin manga and the anime, uh, the person—I I can't remember what they actually call them—but the personas they create from shadow work well with the CG because they're just like billowing ghostly shapes that, by nature, don't move in a way that feels human. Yeah, there are these otherworldly entities that might actually. So, one of the big problems I have with CG, um, just kind of in general, especially anime CG, is they have this weird ghosting effect where I don't know if it's just I don't know if it's just my weird fucked up eyes or something that something that actually is involved in the process of it but whenever they move it's like for like a couple of frames the previous frames are still visible on screen just with reduced opacity so it's like as it's moving I'm still seeing where it was as it moves yeah so it's got this weird like ghosting effect that just makes the entire thing feel Completely out of place, especially when compared to traditional animation. Like, yeah, like looking at something like fucking Mirai Nikki, one of the first shows that really drove home my hatred of this. Of just, all right, so we got this character moving, and then this other thing, this other thing, the CG is moving next to him, and that looks wrong. But having something be entirely CG, the ghosting effects might actually work well with the literal ghosts. Yeah, because, the, and not only do the, the Ajin personas move and act like ghosts, but they're designed to specifically not have a face. So they also avoid the other uncanny valley effect that most CG has. Yeah, which is, which is we got a mannequin and put stickers on it. The stickers move, the rest doesn't. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, the action, it works okay. Uh... For those, I don't, I know how, don't know how much you remember of the early manga from this series, Dead Man, but like they get to the end of uh, uh, Shinichiro's first Ultraman fight with uh, Bimular. Yeah, yeah, that was the first volume, right? I think I, yeah, only, I don't know. If, I think I only had the first two volumes of it actually read. Okay, 
Yeah, I don't know how the first two episodes, if they cover the first volume, it might go a little further than I thought they would, but the plot gets weird because a a weird overarching theme of this series is like the legacy of Ultraman. Yeah. Like both literally and metaphorically cuz like Shinichiro has Ultraman powers because his dad was Ultraman and that changed his genetics and so when he fucked he, his son got his genetics. But there's also this weird overarching idea that what what exactly was Ultraman? What should continuing his legacy represent in this modern world? And that's why we have like three or four different people dressing and acting like Ultraman. Yeah, which is it is a thing that like a lot of superhero stories tread, especially like, like I'm not super familiar with the Japanese superhero stuff, but the biggest one currently going is all about this kid trying to live up to the legacy of the guy gave him his powers. Yeah. And that's a that's a fine idea for a fucking superhero story. Yeah, and it works okay so far. I like the characters and Yeah, I just I give Netflix credit for releasing this at the beginning of the season instead of at the end like they usually do. But to me that just says that uh it was intended for release in the winter and they just re- waited to release it at the beginning of the spring. But I don't know. And it's just, it's, I would just rather read the manga. Yeah. Like it, it, it's a close approximation, but it's still not quite there. There's still some stuff that I expect to be there that isn't with the CG. And so because of that, even if you can watch all of it at once and it's not paced badly. And there's some of the emotional moments I remember that work really well from the first volume. Yeah, it's just not as good. I'd just rather read the manga in this case. And now you know what it's like to be me. I'm still of the opinion there are some things that that's not true for. Like, um, Promise Neverland changes some things in ways that I appreciate. Like, the anime uh, removes a lot of the internal monologue of characters. So they let, like, spoken dialogue and character interactions and facial acting sell the story no yeah like i'm not i'm not here saying like oh all anime is bad you should only read the books fuck you because i because that would make me an asshole and also a hypocritical asshole because if i was banging that drum i'd be reading the fucking web novels but like i'm just saying like a lot of these things like from what i've heard of the promise neverland like what it actually does is actually adapt it 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 doesn't just go for it doesn't just go for hey here's the thing you read but worse. It seems, yeah. it seems like it seems like what they do is they actually take the thing, take the story of it, and then convert that into an actual visual moving medium that isn't based entirely around reading. Yes. Which yeah, fucking props to them. That is that is how you fucking do it. But most people yeah. don't. Yeah. It's just all right. Here's the book. Make that. Can we change it? Yeah. Can we change it? Only if we make it worse. Yeah, that's about that's about what this is. Not it, like Promise Neverland, I think, is actually one of the anime that people are gonna grow more fond of as time goes by from last season. Yeah. Whereas this I just think it's just kind of disposable. 
and as someone who kind of likes how weird and insane the Ultraman mythos is, I... <laughs> oh, God. I am I am barely steeped in Ultraman mythos, and I fucking... Uh, and I goddamn love it. Yeah, I kind of wish... Uh, like, I don't know how much of it is that it had to be all CG, or how much of it was the directors just had no vision for how to bring this story to life in a way that wasn't just trying to recreate panels from the comic. Yeah. Like, the the most it got from that is the transformation sequence when he first puts on the Ultraman suit. Other than that, it's just kind of... It's just the panels, but in bad CG. Yeah, that sounds like shit. Yeah. No, it's not shit. It's just... It's there. To me, it's shit. I say, having never watched it, and probably never will watch it. Yeah. Believe my opinions. I am a critic. Yeah, and I'm not... I'm not always opposed to CG. Like, um... I still like Rooster Teeth. Like, and their anime-esque projects I still kind of like, as weird as Ruby has gotten. Ruby picked up this season, I think. Like, like, I, I didn't say. I never said bad. I just said weird. No, no, no. I, I get, I get where you're coming from with that. But just there was like, right after the passing of Monty, things got rough there for a bit. Yeah, I, yeah. Because their main action director passed away. <laughs> yeah, but now they have like gotten back on track. They are getting the story going. They are getting like the like the animation stuff all back in action. They're getting the characters into interesting places, and I'm looking forward to a new season of Rooster Teeth series, which I have not really felt in, again, a couple years. Yeah. Yeah, Red vs. Blue and got that weird, and... man. Yeah, I still haven't watched Genlock, which seems interesting. Yeah, I tried watching the first episode of it, and mm, they that is some um, that is some not great voice acting from some high name people. Well, from what I remember of the cast, it's not people known for voice acting. It's people who are actors that are not necessarily voice actors. Yeah, it's Michael B. Jordan. Um, I, I think like the three big ones that I remember are Michael B. Jordan, uh, Dakota Fanning, and David Tennant. And of the three of those, only one has done any voice acting. <laughs> yeah. Which, so, that's, it's, it's a shame, kind of. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of their first real big pushes into, into, like, more, I guess, mainstream entertainment. Because even with, because even with, like, you know, you know, the, the original stuff was all machinima or whatever, and then Ruby is... Real anime. Yeah. Uh, then then you get into Genlock, which is still pretty anime, but is Terminator enough that people outside of that scene would be into it? Yeah, like it doesn't lean into the tropes that are too anime to appeal to a niche audience, <laughs> outside the niche audience. Yeah, and so getting into that and getting, oh, right, so yeah, we got these big names. They've never voice acted before. Let's see how this works out. That just seems like a not great idea. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a, it's, unfortunately, it's a tendency a lot of like 
mainstream stuff that wants to push animation does. They're like, oh, we need, like, name actors, even if those actors have no ability to really voice act. They, we just need names that people recognize. Yeah, check out the Ratchet Clank movie starring Bella Thorne. Oh, and the voices from the game. But Bella Thorne. Yeah. But yeah. Do y'all like um, that Rosario Dawson? I not? mean, honestly, I thought Rosario Dawson was one of the better parts of that. The waste of time was Stallone. Oh, no, yeah. Like, Rosario Dawson actually has some decent skill as a voice actress. Yeah. But yeah, Stallone... Like I said, Bella Thorne. She Bella Thorne's barely a real act, b- barely a live action actress. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Actress. When you mentioned B- Bella Thorne, I was like, I was tempted to just somewhat jokingly go, "Who?" No, I I wouldn't blame you. Like the only reason I know who the fuck she is is because I had to watch Scream. Oh, was she on the TV series? She was the she was the Drew Barrymore. Oh, uh, well, at least they did the proper thing and got rid of her as soon as possible. Yep. But they didn't bother like trying to, trying to do like the whole whole like hey what's your favorite scary movie? No, instead it's just hey here's your boyfriend's head in your hot tub. Then I stab you, make a gif of it, and upload that gif to fucking Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Scream was bad. Well, yeah. Sounds like it. And now they're rebooting it with Queen Latifah. Was, I'm trying to remember. Was Queen Latifah in that other like slasher series, like TV series from a couple of years ago that people seem to like? Uh, what one Scream is Scream Queens? Scream Queens. Oh yeah, uh, I don't think she was in that. That was Jamie Lee Curtis's thing. Okay, I thought I remembered some like well-known African American actress in it, but I could be wrong. But that's that's not important. That's neither here nor there. This is the, that's the wrong podcast for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anything yeah, else watching or reading then? Uh, I'm looking through my list to see if there's anything worth talking about that's different enough from the norm. <laughs> because some stuff I've read, I'm like, this is too much like everything else we've read. So it's just kind of, uh, eh. No, yeah, trust me, I, I get that. I I went through my list of shit and I was like, eh, I've talked about that, talked about that, talked about everything else that's like that, so that we're just talking about it again. Yeah, talk about something else while I go through my list, so in case I can't come up with anything. I don't want to just sit here with dead air. Okay, uh, so, um, that series you talked about last time, um, the daughter is an S-rank adventurer. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I gave I gave that a check out, and yeah, that's solid. I I really enjoy that. I the thing that I wasn't expecting was how like laid back the entire thing is. Oh yeah, no, it's not high tension at all. No, even even during the fucking like fight scenes and shit, it is. It all has this like real relaxed atmosphere that just is that just is like radiating from the character. Uh, for anybody who doesn't remember that, because again, it's been like fucking two months. Um. So yeah, uh, dude, adventurer. He was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be an adventurer." Wasn't very good at it, and so he retired in this small village. Um, in one day, one day he kind of went out into the woods and found a fucking baby, raised the baby as his own. That baby then grew up to become one of the most p- 
powerful adventurers and high strength adventurers in the land with a insane daddy complex. Yeah. And so she has spent the like entire insane. Yeah, and so she spends her entire life essentially telling everybody that her dad is fucking the dopest shit and getting pissed off and th- threatening violence against anyone who comes between her and her dad. Meanwhile, her dad's just kind of hanging out, doing whatevs. Then the, and the daughter keeps going on adventures like, I'm going to go home to see my dad. And then, whoops, something horrible happens and I got to fucking put down everything to save these fucking people. And then meanwhile, people keep showing up at her dad's place going, holy shit, you're that famous awesome guy. And he's like, eh, I don't know. I'm just an old man. You want a short fight? <laughs> and it's fun. It's just a very fun light series that, that yeah, I I like. It is a, like I said, it's fun. It's light. It doesn't really update enough for what it is. Like, I, I th- when I read it, I read up to the most recent chapter, and then I have not seen a new chapter of it since. Yeah, no, that's the thing I noted, too. It's like... You know, uh, right when I was really getting into the series, it suddenly stopped updating. Yeah, and I don't know if that is a translator issue or a or j- or just like a, the actual series itself isn't updating. But yeah, I think it's more likely the former because I've had a similar problem. Like some series, I know what keeps them up and that I'm up to date or not, whether or not. And for a long time, uh, Killing Bites manga was like an entire volume or two behind what was released. Yeah. Which annoyed the shit out of me. Particularly since we're in the middle of them Jurassic parking it up. Yeah. Meanwhile, this one just kind of... Dithered? Yeah, petered (laughs) out. Apparently they released a new chapter a month ago. Okay. I'll have to check. Make sure I read that. Yeah, I... Yeah, it sucks when, uh, like, like I said, uh, uh, Izak, the uh, Japanese samurai rifle snipers in Germany, that's had since I last talked about it more than two months ago. It's had one chapter release. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Same fucking thing happened with King Golf. Yeah, I noticed that one wasn't updating regularly anymore. When it's in the middle of him. Doing the caddy thing for his waifu. Yeah, we are we are literally in the middle of a goddamn like, like a goddamn like new fucking battle, and it, and it just stopped. And then all of a sudden, like two months ago, they're like, "Hey, here's a new chapter. We'll try to get around to updating it more." Then nothing since. Yep. I can't even find the goddamn raws for the series to get a, get like a visual look at what's happening next. So I've been fucking spending the time just reading goddamn Smile on the Runway. Which apparently yeah. the translation is about 25 chapters behind. So um, Fallen Angel Scans has been releasing like two to four chapters a week for like two months. Which was great for a while. And now I think they have stopped doing that for a little bit to just like, you know, sleep. Eat, yeah, remember awesome. to be a person. Mm-hmm. So they're not just spending all their time translating this goddamn fashion manga. And speaking of fucking uh, never updating, the goddamn Welcome to the Ballroom hiatus has been ridiculous. 
like a year ago was the last time we heard anything from the author. And that was and that was uh, in the middle of another hiatus to say, hey, the hiatus will be going on indefinitely until I'm not dying. Which, I mean, fair enough. But, like, come on, man. I'm jonesing. That was another thing that it was just in the middle of a goddamn arc, in the middle of a battle, and then just pfft, nothing. I know that I'm trying not to sound like an asshole saying this because I have been vocal on the show with you about the fact that there needs to be a goddamn change in the way that Japan handles fucking manga creators. Yeah. Like if like if, if fucking burnout is a thing for goddamned YouTubers. There oh, should yeah, be no. mangaka left. Yeah, I mean how is Ichiro Oda still alive? I don't know, he ate some fucking bullshit fruit that gave him the heart of a goddamned elephant. He just spends every second not eat, like he he just spends all of his time writing that thing and then like for 30 seconds a week he just goes into a he just goes into like a medically induced coma. Bora wakes yeah. up and goes, Oh, I'm gonna continue the samurai arc. <laughs> yeah, speaking of burnout, I'm almost I'm almost to the point of giving up on One Piece until they finish this arc. I already gave up. Yeah, that, and that's entirely fair. Like I have been I've been reading this series for goddamn ever. I read yeah. the motherfucking Davy back arc, for God's sake. Yeah. And the thing that fucking broke me is the goddamn feudal Japan fanfic that Ajiro oh. wanted to do. Yeah. I get you got to keep it fresh, man. Like, like, come on. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that. Oh. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Oda has at least said that he's further. Here's something that scares me. Um. Uh, the guy who writes Hajime no Ippo earlier this year put out a statement saying he's. After 30 years, he's only halfway done with the series. Oh, Christ. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> like, Oda's oh, been fucking 70% done with the series since 2016. We're going to die before these fucking manga end. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was trying to think. So, is the guy who writes Epo literally just going to write and draw Epo until he's dead? Like, he's going to finish the last page and pass out, and that will be his legacy? Because even assuming he started young, he would that would mean he was at least, he'd be at least 70s or 80s by the time he's done. Which, given the health of manga artists, that's not likely to happen. Yeah. Like, ah... It would just be the greatest troll if he just, if he just writing if he just writing the thing and then dies before he finishes and then he just like sends out like a le- and then like a fucking like dead drop is given to his editors. It's like hey, on my death print this and it's just an incredibly realistically drawn Epo's dick to show people how fucking big it is. Like, I know y'all yeah, fucking wanted they- it. Here you go, later bitches. I'm dead. Yeah, or like the last thing he drew uh, since he keeps alluding to it is him. Is Epo boning Kumi? <laughs> yeah, just because yeah, Lord just, knows just, it, it seems just, like she's been talking. He has had her talking about his dick for 
Christ, almost a decade at this point. <laughs> if you think. Oh, God. I feel like once Epo's done, I might actually catch up and finish it. You mean when we're both dead? Yeah, I'll have the time then. <laughs> As opposed to my very busy life right now of not doing work that I should be doing. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, look forward to the rest of Cora's reviews about a week after they're relevant. And look forward to me continuing Danganronpa 2 by the time Danganronpa 4 comes out. Yeah. <sighs> Anywho. So do you find anything well, else? Uh, yeah, actually, I forgot about this one thing. Since we're talking about Shonen Jump, actually, it's appropriate. Uh, this is another one of those... This isn't Shonen Jump manga? There have been a lot of those lately. Yeah. Act Age. Okay, I have seen this floating around and never thought to look at it. What the fuck actually is it? Uh, so... Our main character is a 17-year-old girl who is looking after her two younger... Her three younger siblings whose parents died of cancer uh, two years prior to the beginning of the series. But her dream is to be a big a, a big star actress in the Japanese filmmaking world. Uh, the other main character is one of those I must have my vision directors who's because he's so successful is allowed a certain degree of freedom by like production studios and executive producers of films. Oh God, a fucking auteur. Yeah, I kind of hate him already. Well, yeah, and I'm not sure you're not supposed to, because, and this is the weird part that I was like, this isn't Shonen Jump. The central conflict up to the point I've read is, so this girl is an incredibly skilled method actor, but the main executive producer she works with is like, this girl is seriously emotionally and mentally damaged the level of method acting you're expecting from her might make it worse. <laughs> I don't want her to act. But the auteur is like, but she brings something to the acting table that no one else can. I'm going to make her a big star. And the question the series seems to be asking at this point is, how fucked will this woman be by the end of it? She's the Daniel Day-Lewis of anime. So you see why this has the big, big question of Mark of this isn't shown in Jump. Yeah, this sounds like mark. a shoujo series. Yeah, but it's not. No, nah, it's in, as far as I can tell, it's in fucking Jump. I don't get the title. Like uh, maybe it's related to like the producer wants her to act her age and not act. I guess, but that's kind of a stretch. It might be another one of those um, series that the re writer has to, like, bend over backwards to justify in-story. And you're like, oh, come on, dude. Yeah, there's pumpkin scissors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. God damn it, that fucking name. I really like that series. It's a but good series. It's just the title. You're like, why? Yeah, it's a good series. That, again, actually going back to it, it just fucking stopped. Yep. God damn it. Why does everything good just stop? Yeah. 
But yeah, um, for the sheer weirdness of this being the concept that is being told in a Shonen Jump story, which by its very nature is meant for like preteens or like early teenagers. Yeah. That's weird. Yes, it very much is. This, like, do the people that this is aimed at even know what method acting is? I don't know. I honestly don't. I haven't read. I, I, I always try to avoid forums for anime or manga because there, there be demons. Oh no! Yeah, but, you, uh, you, like the only thing that, like, the only, pretty much the only, like, like Reddit, Reddit scares me. Yeah, <laughs> the, the only, like, the only reason I actually visit the manga Reddit sub, like the manga subreddit, is because they have the most up to date list of the newly released manga chapters. Sure, that's and that's a essentially it. You, you go in there, and it is essentially fucking 9,000 people screaming in various directions while 20 people try to have a conversation like we do about anime. Yeah. That was my impression, too. And like, I'm not trying to say, like, I'm not trying to, like, I am not calling us good conversations about anime. No, it's just... We are at least somewhat not, civil. You and I are not ending every sentence by saying, I'm going to stab you in the dick. Or something like that. Yeah, I'm not trying to fucking... I'm not trying to fucking redirect you to space dicks. Yeah, or discuss how Canadians shouldn't vaccinate because if they do, the Earth will stop being flat or something like that. Yeah. It's fine to fuck kids if they're not real. Just a picture of a guy crying into a body pillow with some 12-year-old on it. Or... Or if you go to uh, write stuff right now, slightly used body pillows. Ugh. Yeah, I saw that and viscerally recoiled. <laughs> oh man, there there was an image. There's an image that I see every once in a while in like you know, like you know image dumps of just of just like a really like fat Asian guy with like giant glasses wearing like a pink like. Wig holding a Madoka body pillow. That's going like Japan's the only place to understand me. Well, there's one Japanese guy in the background just looking at him like, "What the fuck?" And it's just like, "Okay, yeah, that is, that is great. That is dead on. <laughs> that is absolutely true." Yes, and I, and I constantly every day dread that I am straying closer to the Weeaboo Sun. I don't think I am, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think I am. I'm. Dr- I dread that I am, though, and not noticing. Yeah. Like, like one day I'm gonna fucking go out and say, "Hey, can I get a fucking large double double desu?" and then just fucking kill myself. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta, I gotta like fucking jab a knife into my wrist, and all of a sudden the ma- all of a sudden the communist sunglasses just uh, just fucking form in my hand and go, "Wait, I'm too Sagoy to kill myself." Then gain an extra twenty pounds on my shirt, suddenly shrink three sizes. I worry about my future sometimes. Yeah, it sounds like it. I probably should, yeah. But anyway, act yeah. age. Yeah, uh, I mean it's well drawn. Uh, it's a difficult thing to do in black and white, but it's a really good master of mood. Which, if you're going to have characters not only mimic 
like the emotions and moods of a scene that they're simulating, but also have the the tension and emotions of how people are interacting as they deal with someone who they think is mentally unstable acting as a scene. You kind of have to master mood. Yeah. So that's a good sign. But yeah, uh, it's... I'm not even sure it's necessarily my thing. I'm just so confused that it exists. Actually, that just talking about this actually just fucking sparked some weird bullshit in my brain. This kind of reminds me of what like fucking Shonen Jump was in Bakuman, where okay. where, where where like you got stuff that is like more standard Shonen. You got stuff that airs on the side of like fucking um, seinen. Then you got people like fucking throwing in weird goddamn art shit. That's more like shojo or whatever. Um, like the thing that the thing that this sparked in my head was there was that arc, that essentially that battle arc in the series where a famous musician who just be kind of in the background the entire time is like, "Hey, I'm getting into manga," and then writes this fucking massive, insane art piece about manga that no one fucking likes. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> he then sees it. You know, and like he like sees the results. Goes like, "Hmm." picks up a guitar and then starts smashing it while screaming. <laughs> oh, I love that series. But it was a similar kind of feeling where there were just so many different things happening in fucking Shonen. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I like, guess um, we, we're stuck, we were stuck in the position where kind of pre-My Hero Academia, um, Shonen didn't matter much. Yeah, despite the fact so that it, it was still producing, of, despite the fact that it was still producing the biggest things in like Western manga, no one really kind of cared about it. Yeah, because the days where people really cared about uh, the big three had long passed. Yeah, especially and, when the big, especially when two of the big three just finished. Yeah, and they and also the just the general issue of we're having trouble caring about the other stuff. Like nothing else. Pat, captured the popular consciousness in the late 2000s the way uh, the big three did. What? Don't be ridiculous. Have you seen all those kids wearing those Toriko bowling shirts? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Are those still a thing? Or, are they, or have they been replaced by Akatsuki jackets? Uh, I think Toriko merch is still a thing because it's still no, ongoing. no. I mean, no, I mean like the, I mean like the silk bowling shirts. I don't know because I remember I had a, I think I had like a, yeah, it was, it was like it was like a shirt that was like a Guy Fieri fire shirt. Then on the back had a giant off-brand Shenron. and I wore that for like two months. And then never again. Oh, that was weird. Sounds like it. But no, like, I I have not seen any cringy fucking kids walking around in those shirts. It's only been the dudes in the fucking Akatsuki jackets ninja running down the street. Yeah, sure. Like, I saw one of them in the wild, just like, not, not, not even, like... I looked at my window and a just saw this fucking weeaboo kid. Exists. A wild weeaboo appeared. Yeah. Dead man ran away. Oh no, I was in my house when it happened. Dead man closed the blinds. 
I was actually tempted to go out and like try to document them for like you know historical purposes. Wait, you're real. Just and here we see a weeaboo in the wild. Our cameraman is getting. Our cameraman will try to get closer, but not too close so as not to scare the creature. Oh nope, he's been spotted. He has now thrown. Da- he's now thrown a pencil down that he appears to think is a smoke bomb and is running away. Oh, he tripped. That's gonna leave a mark. As you can see here, the, the fall actually tore his Akatsuki jacket. He'll have to beg his mother for a new one. How much are those fucking things worth? Like, 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 how much do people buy, pay those for those? It depends. The higher end ones are stupid expensive. Well, yeah, that's that's most things. Like the normal ones, I think are like forty, fifty U.S. So probably like sixty or seventy Canadian. I mean, that's a bit much, but reasonable enough. Let's move away from this topic. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, One other thing, just for the weirdness of it feeling like a throwback to the previous decade. um, You are. 008. Like the prequel to UR19? No. Um, okay, so one of my favorite an- manga from the previous, from the er, from the mid-2000s was History's Strongest Disciple, Kenichi. Yeah, I I tried to get into that once. Not really your thing? Not super. Yeah. Well, I mean... The anime was never all that great. It was one of the. It was. It was kind of the bog standard. No one tried anime of the time, where it got fifty episodes, but they are also cheaply animated. That it was kind of not worth it. Okay. But the series as a whole was fun and had really good martial arts action, which I always kind of. I, I'm a sucker for martial arts shit, except except Baki. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Baki for some reason. Baki the Grappler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I have been thinking about maybe reading that one day. I think that kind of fits your taste more than mine because it's simultaneously stupid and stupidly graphic. Well, I mean, if I want that, I could just read King and Ashura. Yeah, like, the closest... I don't know if you watched Ben at the Sage, but he just covered a random OVA related to Baki the Grappler, where his opponent took pleasure in jutting his fingers into people's eyelids and pulling out their optical nerves. I think that's an illegal move in fighting. Well, it's okay. It was an illegal fighting tournament. Okay, then. Yeah. Just with a name like Baki the Grappler, it sounds like it's like an actual like organized event thing. And well, the, it is, but it's illegal. Yeah, I, like with Baki the Grappler, I was expecting more. I was expecting less Kenganashira, I guess. Oh no, no. Uh, and more all rounder, I guess. Yeah, no. Like B- Baki does that during the day when he's bored. <laughs> So wait, he does professional real fighting when he's bored and then 
underground street boxing and stuff when he's when to to fulfill his passion for fighting. So it's like Sherlock Holmes and opium. Kind of, yes. Just I need to fight all day and I fight I need to fight all day otherwise my fucking I don't know nuts fall off or whatever, so I got to go into these fucking regular fights, these pussy fights. Yeah, basically. Before the in between the real shit happening. Yeah. I mean, from what I understand, um the Baki anime that's currently on Netflix started with a guy um, choosing to to die via electrocution just so he could grab the electrical wires with his teeth to kill people who were trying to execute him. I don't think he thought that one all the way through. Well, it worked. How? Because these are superhuman people. No, I mean... Why was anyone standing close enough for him to do that to them? Oh, no, you don't understand. He, he grabbed the, the wires with his teeth, pulled them out, and used them as whips. Okay, that makes a bit more sense. I'm just like, from what I remember the Green Mile, people back the fuck up when this happens. Yeah, I can imagine. Especially when the sponge ain't wet, so just fucking just... But, yeah. It's... But, yeah. uh, So, anyway, all this just to say... um, But the creator of uh, History Strongest Disciple Kenichi, Matsuena Shun, had not done anything since the series wrapped back in, like, 2012. And so it was kind of weird to see him come back and do... Japanese James Bond school. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it, and this is... Yeah, it's something. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it, because, like, okay. Uh, Matsuyana Shin, as an artist, is kind of like Hiro Mashima in that he kind of re- recycles a lot of his designs. Yeah. It's just, it's not, like, I mean, Kenichi, uh, the main character of this and Kenichi look exactly the same, just different outfits. Oh, uh, yeah, just straight up, it's the same goddamn face. Yeah. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, like, um, literally them side by side. Yeah. Uh, the main female love interest is just the same female love interest this time, except she has a sword and she has black hair and an owl instead of being blonde with a mouse. And looks like bigger. Uh, I, I could never judge that, so I don't know. Again, I'm, I'm just going off comparison of the Volume 1 covers. Yeah, well, Volume 1 cover also has, uh, what's that, what's it, uh, what, and Carr calls it Escher Girl posing? Yeah, I yeah, think. that is, it is, yeah, it's like, it's like mid to late 90s comic cover posing where the women are contorted in such a way that you can see their ass and tits in the same shot. Yeah, which, if the whole series was like that, would bother me, but and while there is some, I will say, uh, it has the sexuality element, but because A, this is a James Bond story, and B, the way they do it, it doesn't bother me as much. Yeah, James because, Bond um, is always, James Bond stories have always been drenched in at least some sex. Yeah, and there's literally a teacher who is whose sole goal is to train the boys not to not to be lured by sex 
And she does this by doing sexually suggestive poses and when it, she's when they're distracted, shooting them. <laughs> okay. So it's it's kind of weird to watch that where it's, everything about her is sexually suggestive and and overwrought, but it's deliberately intentional since her whole goal is to show that sex can be used as a weapon and you have to train yourself not to be affected by sex. Yeah, I know Although what's up. Weird. I saw the Kingsman. Yeah. yeah. Although it is then weird that the guy who teaches them how to MacGyver shit is a butler with a bunny rabbit on his head. Yeah, yeah, that's a bit weird. Yeah. You'd think they would have gone with like a Q type. Yeah. I mean, but I appreciate what they were doing in the lesson where by the end of the lesson, uh, the main character knows how to uh, you, to create a uh, bath salt bomb. Like a bomb made out of bath salts or a bomb made out of the drug they call bath salts? A bomb made out of bath salts. Okay. Yeah. Because this here's going to take a bit of a dark turn when all of a sudden he's like, he's at the bomb and he just calls in. It's like, hey, yeah, uh, all these guys were so thirsty they shoved water pipes down their throat and drowned. Help me. Yeah, no, that's not what happens. And it's just, it's fun, but I'm not sure if it's distinct enough for it to last. Because it feels like such a throwback that, whereas uh, Kenichi went on for a while because it was just the standard stuff of the time, just slightly better than normal. This feels... It's weird because it's it. I don't know if how aware you are of this, but it feels like it's in that um, that gray zone where it's not old enough to be nostalgic, but it's too old for anyone to care. Yeah, that sounds about right for last year. So I'm still reading it, but I'm kind of the mark for this kind of series, so I don't know how much you should take that into advisement. It looks neat. I mean, I enjoy it, but again, just me. Yeah, I might, I might check it out. All right. Uh, okay, last one. This is And this is a manga, but it's an anime coming out this season, so I'll just get ahead of it, and I will watch the, the release once it comes out just to see if it's worth it, because holy shit, I like this manga. Uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba. Hello. Yeah. Sorry. Speaking of dead air. Yeah. I, I, I was. I was just kind of waiting. Oh, I thought you. I didn't know you. I didn't. Making sure you were still there. Uh, <laughs> yep. I'm here. So, uh, yeah. So I've only read the first chapter or two of this, but oh yeah, this fucking thing. Yeah. This is another one that this one feels more shonen, but it's a atypical shonen protagonist because um. How do I put it? His whole thing is taking responsibility for uh, his own actions and the actions of his family, but not in like a uh, a young man learning to be a man way, in sort of a uh, desperately trying to be a good dad kind of way. Okay. Which is weird since he's like 14. Yeah, that... Yeah, okay. Like, okay, so our character, our main character 
uh, it's it's winter when the series starts, uh, goes into town one day uh, to get some firewood and some stuff for his family, and Blizzard blows in, and the people in town tell him to stay the night, because if he tries to walk back to his house in the woods in the blizzard, he'll probably die. Yeah, probably. And he's like, well, I, ha- I really should get back to my family. I don't know what'll happen if I stay if I s- just stay the night here. It's like, if you try to go back in this weather, you will die. So just stay the night here. So he's like, okay, that seems sensible. So he does, goes back the next day. His whole family's dead. <laughs> okay. Except for his sister, who has turned into a demon because a demon that ate the rest of his family, uh, the demons apparently spread like zombies in this universe, where if demon blood gets on you from in an injury, you're infected and become a demon. Yeah, from the cover, it looked like a vampire story. Yeah, and it's kind of like that because they kind of look like the vampires from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they have fangs and like scrunched up bridges of the face. Yeah, with like overly veiny stuff around it. Yeah, and some like claws, but other than that, looking basically human. So, um. So what basically happens is once uh, our main character discovers that his sister is trying to eat him, um, he immediately does the brother thing of trying to get her to remember who he is and like stop being such a stop trying to eat him until a demon slayer shows up and says, "Yeah, sorry, dude, but your family's dead and your sister's beyond help. I gotta kill her." <laughs> At which point, uh. Instead of calling him a bastard for, like, trying to take something from him, he, like, grabs his sister's head and does the, like, uh, the I'm sorry bow, you know, like, where you get down on your knees, hands hands in front of you and say I'm sorry kind of thing. Yeah, uh, Dogezu or Dogozu or something like that? I I think is the correct term, but, uh... But he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, uh, she hasn't killed anyone yet, uh, the other demon, I don't know what happened to it, uh, please just leave us alone. I'll try to take care of her. And he's like, your sister likes to eat people now. You can't leave that alone. I'll figure out a way to make it work. At which point he's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. You can't. Like, oh, you fucking dumbass. Yeah. Which is when it goes uh, a way that seems more shonen because uh, so the brother being the brother uh, shows his his resolve by doing so he he's fighting a trained swordsman with a woodcutter's axe so and he knows he's not trained and if he tries to attack him head on that would kill him Sekiro Shadows Die Twice available now yeah I don't know how I feel about that game even if I want to stick even if I want to stab a giant snake in the eye, have you? Are you gonna buy that and play it? Um, probably when like the price is reduced or it goes on like PS Plus or something. Yeah, probably the former because the latter is probably gonna take a while. I don't know, man. Bloodborne was on there like last year. Yeah, you remember when Bloodborne came out? I don't. Twenty fourteen. Fucking what? Yeah. What the shit? 
My brain is fucked, dude. Yeah. Like, I thought that came out in 2016. Nope. Time is fucked, man. We have been doing this for five years, dead man. Well, you have. I've been doing this for fucking nine. No, I mean, I've been doing podcasting for nine years. You and I have been doing this for five. (laughs) But anyway. So his approach is, I guess... As smart as it is dumb. As smart as it is dumb. (laughs) Like, it is a strategy. What is the strategy that revolves on so many things going right that I don't know why he thought it would work? (laughs) So, his strategy was, okay, I will throw a rock at the enemy at his face so he has to guard his face so that he can't see me for a second. So I will throw the axe into the air and arc it so that it would hit him in the head, and then I will distract him for an, uh, long enough that he won't move, so that after he kills me, the axe will take him out. Man, that's some real Gangs New York knife shit. <laughs> Is he Daniel Day-Lewis? I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, like, the idea of throw something at the dude's face to, like, block his line of sight for a second, then go in for the fucking kill. That is a strategy that I have seen used well elsewhere. Yes. It's just a matter of the person needs to have at least some amount of skill and a decent amount of luck, and considering the fact that this kid's entire family is either dead or demons. Yeah, he's got neither. Yeah, no, he's fucked. Yeah. Until, I guess, his sister eats the bad guy or whatever. No, um, so the whole, before this conflict, the whole crux of their argument, uh, between them is the typical, my sister hasn't eaten anyone yet, the Slayer's argument being, demons always eat people, there's no way around it, and so the reaction that comes when it looks like the Slayer's about to kill the brother is instead the demon kicks him in the face and then adopts a protective... Uh, defensive pose over the brother's unconscious body instead of trying to just eat him. So the the Slayer is tempted to believe that the brother might find a way to free his sister of the demon curse. Even though one of my favorite lines uh, from earlier since he said that demon blood is how demons spread themselves amongst humans... He was like, yeah, sure, there might be a cure for your sister to turn her back to a human, but that's probably in the hands of the demons, and I don't think they'll be very sporting of your will or requests. (laughs) (sighs) I like a line like that. (laughs) Just, hey, demons, please. Oh, well, since you said please, die! (laughs) Oh, man, I thought that would work. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, sister. I guess we both fucked. So yeah, uh, this is where I we're cut off, and I'm not sure what the the demon slayer's goal is. But when he wake when the our main character wakes up, uh, his sister is back to normal, but she has a bamboo gag in her mouth. Kinky. 
At which point the Demon Slayer tells our character to take his sister to see the old Herman at the base of the mountain and tell him who this person sent you. And that's where it cuts off. I don't know what direction this story's going. <laughs> like, I know what our main character's goal is, and I know what the central conflict is, but I don't know where this specific story is going because the, our main character doesn't fit any of the traditional molds. Yeah, yeah, he... Yeah, this seems like a more... I, I keep saying... This seems like a more sane thing of just how kind of directionless it is but with the lack of a very clear like, like a lot of these shonen things you get the protagonist and then the protagonist is all right this is my goal do this this that and then i'll go like just fucking very straightforward and then things happen to get in the way this seems more along the lines of a of like the more mature aimed series where it is where it's all right here's our goal we're just going to walk slowly towards that because we have no other way of getting there. And it's all going to be about just the characters and how we handle the increasing amount of bullshit we have to deal with. Yeah. Which I don't necessarily mind. It just has to be handled well. Yeah. I mean, I'm at least curious about this one. It's being... I can't, I can't remember who's uh, doing the anime adaptation. UFO table. But, oh. Well, fuck. Yeah, I am going to have to watch that shit. <laughs> yeah, they also, um, just through some research, they also did a movie of this series um, in March. Huh. Yeah, like, end of March there was a movie, and then in April the anime starts. Oh, oh, no, that's not a movie. Uh, I think what they, that's, if I recall correctly, that's like the first couple episodes of the series released as a movie, yeah. as like a promotion. Okay, it was listed as an anime film. Okay, I could be wrong, but I, I was pretty sure that what that sounded like was a a premiere for the series. Oh, no, wait, and, you're right, yeah. So, prior to airing, the first five episodes were screened theatrically in Japan. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And given UFO Table's, um, UFO Table's uh, production values, I could see that working. Okay. Because as much as I hate the Fate series, it looks pretty. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I will probably uh, read that one, uh, watch that one, and see if it's worth watching. Although, I, knowing you, if you uh, interact with this, it'll be through the manga, probably. Oh, 100%. But that's it for me. Hey, here's a fun thing. Right after that, right around the time that movie came out, uh, you, um, UFO Table, or how the fuck you pronounce it, uh, they're under investigation. They're under investigation for tax evasion. Of course. Who isn't? Yeah. Thanks, taxes. Sure get your taxes done. Thanks, taxes. So anyway, moving on, I got a couple things to talk about. I'm going to make one out of the way first because this is actually kind of an auspicious day. So I mentioned this to Birdie earlier, but um, on April 11th, 2018, uh, Cora, our reviews editor, uh, did the first thing in the site's history of giving something a zero out of five. It is the first time it has been given, and it is the first, and it is the only time it's happened since. And the series core gave that to was Magical Girl Sight. That was a year ago. That was a year ago. Holy shit! Yep, on April eleventh, twenty eighteen, 
Cora posted a review for Magical Girl Sight with the coda at the end of it being, Magical Girl Sight is just miserable. And he also mentions the Transmetropolitan where Spider Jerusalem uh, submitted an article that was that was fuck repeated 8,000 times and how he was tempted to just do that. Yeah, I remember that. He's done that before. Yeah. So the reason that Korra gave it this zero-star review was because the anime of it was depressingly miserable and basically showing the worst aspects of humanity in the most exploitative way that it made him feel disgusted watching it. Upon hearing that, I was like, yeah, I might like that. (laughs) And then did nothing about it for a year before deciding, yeah, I'll check it out, and then reading the entire series up to date. Uh, Okay. And, yeah, I like it. I mean, it's fine. It's It's got some very, 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 very glaring problems. Mostly surrounding gay people. Well, that's Japan in general, unfortunately. But it's weird, too, because there's a because there's a major trans character who is treated with almost nothing but respect from the main cast. It is, it is this weird thing that Japan is in right now where they are slowly getting towards like they're slowly the getting towards treating like LGBT people like as people. Yeah, like they actually exist. <laughs> yeah, but they are still in that weird vein of, hey, yo, if, a, if you show a gay dude your butthole, he'll just fuck it. Ugh. Also, there's some racism toward black people, but that is a topic for that, that, a bit later. That's going to be harder for Japan to fix because they have far fewer of them to object to that. Yeah. Yeah. And like hell, uh, uh, as much as I love Promised Neverland, uh, ooh, that that black mama. <laughs> that's... Even calling her the black mama feels wrong. But it, I don't... Sister Crone. Su- Sister Crone, yeah, I, but... Her description as a character, unfortunately, kind of fits that, and I know it sounds racist, but it's also not inaccurate. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's Japan is fucking weird, dude. So anyway, let's get the magical girl say. So, for those who never watched the anime, well, for one, don't. Just fr- from what I have seen of these screenshots and talking to Korra, it is the kind of series I would read, but looks terrible. <sighs> As I seem to recall, it looks like um, the. I think, if I recall correctly, the anime that I said it looks most like is uh, uh, Higurashi, and that's not usually a compliment. <laughs> yeah, Higurashi. Like I like Higurashi. It's not the best looking series. Yeah. Yeah. So, Magic Girl Sight. Um. So Asagiri Aya, she is a middle school girl. Who life hates her? Yeah, like so. In at school, 
she is bullied by everyone. In particular, three. Yeah, in, in really particular, three girls. girls who do things like fill her shoes with thumbtacks and razor blades. But it. And when I say filled, I mean filled to bursting. Her shoes are swelling with the amount of thumbtacks and razor blades in it. Which leads me to question how they actually went about putting those things in there without cutting up their fucking hands. Yeah. But yeah, so they do that. They cover her fucking desk and shit in, like, glue. They will just take her and try to drown her in the toilet. Um, at one point, they at one point uh, they try to get one of their buddies, of, their buddies to just rape her. Uh, going home, her brother constantly ties her up and beats the fuck out of her, constantly hitting her in the stomach over and over again because their dad is like, you're going to get into a good fucking university or I'm going to kill you. Yeah. I believe, as I recall, when I talked about the pilot, the way I described the dad is like, yeah, the mom might give a shit about her daughter, but the dad is like, yeah, no, fuck that little girl. I only care about my son. And <laughs> Yeah, the dad is yeah. the... But you, he the is da- toxic masculinity regenerated, essentially. Well, yeah, he's toxic masculinity, but also the worst ideas and stereotypes of Asian parenting. Yeah, of, of tiger parenting. Yeah, so she's doing all that. She contemplates a lot about killing herself. Yeah. But then doesn't, for reasons that aren't revealed until later. Oh, yeah, then one night, um, her fucking computer lights up with a weird-looking lady's face on it that says, that says in rhyme, Yo, your life fucked. You want magic? Life sucks. Want magic? <laughs> Essentially. Oh, uh, yeah, she says yes. And then the next day at school, uh, she finds in her locker a toy heart-shaped gun. Yeah. Yeah. Once she picks, once she picks it up, and uh, she's she like they like yeah, so everything's happening. She's about to be raped. And so she yeah, goes, by, yeah. Th- 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 this was the scene where you you attempt you when I explained the scene and how it played out. You're last you asked what's the going rate for rape. Yeah. Turns out just like asking. Yeah. Like, hey, you want to rape a girl? I got nothing better doing. Uh, But yeah, so she fires the gun, and then um, the girl who asked the guy to rape her and the raping her part, and the raping her guy, uh, they both get teleported in front of a train and die. Turns out she has a gun that can teleport shit. She then meets a friend. Uh, who is also a magical girl who has a device that lets her pause reality. Uh, but much like Madoka, the more they use these gifts, the more it kills them. But unlike Madoka, where you like your soul starts getting fucking corrupted and you turn into a witch, this you just die. Yeah, because yeah. as much as I may shit on Urabuchi again, he's more creative than most. Yeah, like uh, like there's there's one girl um. There's one person that we meet who had been using like a bunch of different magical wands over and over and over again, and then she one day just fucking barfs up a bunch of blood in the middle of a fight, and they take her to a hospital. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. She looks like she's like fucking sixteen, but her body is that of a seventy-year-old. Yeah. And yeah, so from there things escalate, alliances change, and it gets to, and it gets to the uh, point of. All the magical girls versus the organization that gave them their powers. Because of course it is. It's a magical girl story. Oh, sorry. A magical girl deconstruction. 
Which, like, I like Madoka, but, like, kind of fuck Madoka for giving us that fucking excuse. What? Are you saying Urobuchi Gen has some stupid tendencies as a writer? No, I'm saying that because a good series came out that was, hey, what if we did oh. Sailor Moon but fucked? Now every story can do, hey, what if we do Sailor Moon but really fucked and then called Deconstruction? Oh, okay, that's what you meant. For being a trendsetter but for a very bad trend. <laughs> yeah. Mainly jumped on by people who didn't really grasp. It was, it was yeah, didn't understand. They... Well, they're, they're like the Titans people. They, they, they're like the people, the DC fans, who are only fans of the Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a trend that only was picked up by the Zack Snyder's of anime. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, like I said, from there things get ridiculous as we get as you learn there as you like meet more and more and more magical girls on the. We learn more about the organization that actually gave them their powers and stuff, uh, the moderators of these sites, and what they are actually capable of and their allegiances. Um, we learn, we, we, we like we like develop this like massive fucking thing of like, oh, hey, there are these different websites operated by these different moderators. And it's all leading toward this thing called the Tempest, which when they actually get to what the Tempest is, boy, howdy, I thought that graphic was metaphorical. Because you go on the Magical Girl site, and if you hook up your and uh, every single Magical Girl wand, which it depends on, you know, the you know, the wand is the gun, the thing that stops time, a cell phone, panties. If you hook the panties up to, if you hook the wand up to your computer through a USB cord, you can then access a secret hidden part of the website, which is a giant mountain. Of like of like bodies and stuff or something like that with a giant glowing light at the top with a bunch of sperm flying into it, and that's literal. Yeah. Both in terms of the graphic and what it means for the story. Yeah. Because, hey, remember that? Remember that twist in a uh, fucking? Remember that twist in Astra? Uh-huh. Where it turned out that Earth was fucked millennia ago and they're just kind of living on this other planet they they think is Earth. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that a magical girl site, this world is only like three years old. Okay. Despite it being modern day. Because here's the thing. Humanity lived up to a point, made advanced made advanced to fucking like self-aware AI that then killed all of humanity and took over the planet like Dave style at which point a tiny Japanese girl with blood pouring out of her eyes burst out of the ground with a mountain and said hey I need people back so then the AI brought humanity back and brought it back to the point where it left off and then the magical girl was like yeah in three years if these fuckers are like super depressed I'll just kill them all And now we're getting to that, where she has gathered up enough dark energy or whatever from the fucking magical girls and using, them using their wands that she has now turned everybody who isn't a magical girl into a giant sperm and is now sucking them into herself to make a new race of humanity. Okay. Yeah, and that's where the story fucking went. And also, uh, fucking uh, the main character met her long-lost twin sister. 
and maybe fucked her? Of course. Yeah, like they, like this this girl, uh, the 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 pause time girl. That turns out that she and the main character are twin sisters separated at birth. Uh, but you know they were you know instant friends. They had this deep connection, or whatever. And this girl was about to die. She'd used her wand too much and was just hey, if you use your wand one more time, you're just gonna fucking bleed out of everywhere. And so it's like, hey, we're gonna have like a fun day together. We're gonna, we're gonna go do this stuff, go through it all, get to the end of it. They just start fucking kissing. She dies, comes back as a moderator of the website because all the moderators are actually just four magical girls who used too much of their power and turned into fucking moderators. Okay. And yeah, I. Mm, there is a lot to this goddamn book. Not a lot in terms of depth, just a lot in terms of so many fucking goddamn things happen. Yeah, I got that impression from what I what little I looked at. And I was already like, I don't care. Yeah, it's it's a series that would appeal to people only like me. Who like who like regularly read the worst humanity has to offer and are like, yeah, it's okay. Like I'm not trying to do like some weird edgelord thing. It's just I tend to read a lot of books that are nihilistic and disgusting, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'll read all of it. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, so that's kind of like our main thing. Uh, the ones themselves are weird. Weird, yes, and they get weirder. Because because like at, at the beginning of the series, the wands are fairly straightforward. I have a gun that teleports. I shoot something. It appears somewhere else that I have a strong emotional connection to. I'd have this. I have this fucking thing. I hit pause. Time pauses. Had this thing. I move. I put in this necklace. I move fast. But then it gets to a point where the teleportation wand can transfer life essence from person to person and like tr- teleport memories from person to person. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. And and like other weird shit like that where you just like they, they all get they all get this like this power up that is never explained beyond we trained so we got betterer. Yes, it's never like super explained beyond that, but the powers themselves don't makes sense even on like the vaguest stretch of the imagination that anime sometimes asks for. Well, yeah, I got that again. I got that impression from the little I read. It's like, oh, this this writer is just pulling shit out of his ass. Oh yeah, pretty much because he just wants the story to go a certain way, and fuck if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, um, and the other aspect, the other aspect of it that I feel worth mentioning is the panties. Because the panties actually play uh, a significant part in the story. Okay. Like in a few different avenues. Uh, so for like, so for like one of the big arcs of it, um, is is a uh, Aya's brother finding out about the magical girls and the wands and all the different powers and stuff, because he is a narcissist and a sociopath. Yes. He sees him, he literally sees himself as above everybody else. He refers to anybody who 
He refers to like literally every other person as scum and does everything within his power to manipulate them into doing what he wants or just avoiding contact with them entirely. And so as soon as he finds out about the panties and their mind control powers, he's like, boing, I'm going to get those. So he does, and he puts them on. And then for like a hot second, he is the mind control master and uses those powers to torture his sister and try to kill her all of her friends. And this leads to... Him being a, him being kidnapped by a cop who is working for the moderators of the site, who then puts him in his basement dungeon and spends time raping him, trying to break his mind and make him an obedient dog. Okay. You know, like anime do. Yeah, that's that's one of the parts of this that I was really just kind of uh, on the entire time it was happening. Well, I mean, from what you've told me, this series has no other way to do things but just push the offense, the offense boundary. Pretty like, much, that's all it. That's all it knows how to do. Well, I, okay. So again, then then there is this other character. She is a trans character. Like the people at her school are like, "Hey, what's up, tranny?" But that is. You know, what you would expect from a series like this because they are meant to be shown as the worst kind of people. The kind of people who would, again, hire a buddy to rape someone, apparently. And, but, but like, like, then everyone else, aside, aside from the occasional, like, you know, end of, like, end of volume, like, single panel joke of, hey, what do you, it's like, it's like, hey, what do you do in the girls' room? I'm a girl, but you got a dick. Which, that's, that's a problem in and of itself. But for the most part, they treat her with as much respect as they treat anybody else. And for a series that is all about, hey, my home life is trash because my parents either hate me or are dead. I got magical powers. Her home life is relatively all right. Because, yeah, her dad's gone. But she came out to her mom as trans. And her mom was instantly like... Okay, yeah, you want to be a girl. Okay, what do you want me to call you? How how do I address you from now on? I want to be here with you, my child. Which is the last thing I would have expected from this goddamn book. And even with everybody acknowledging that, yes, this person is biologically a guy, they still refer to her as a her, treat her like a girl, don't really get weirded out by anything. They She is a girl to them. So it yeah, is this well, weird goddamn thing where one of the only two co- apparently confirmed gay characters, well, actually, both the gay characters are fucking rapists. But then you got the trans character who is just fucking cool. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's... Maybe that's how, like, even in Gantz, there were, like, one or two characters that the writer seemed to care more about than seems to make sense with how everything else is treated. <laughs> oh, God. Fucking Gantz. Well, I'm sorry. I mean... No, I, 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 get, you... I, get, I get where you're coming from. It's just... It keeps coming back to Gantz, which is... Like, these problems, but, like, more so. Well, yeah, because Gantz... Gantz is trash. Gantz is the fucking... 
Gantz is like nearer example of nihilism in manga. Like, I think the only people that have gone closer to nihilism than the writer of Gantz is someone like um, uh, Gona Guy. Yeah. Because between Devil Man and Violence Jack, which took out all the hope that was actually in Devil Man, that man went about as close to I want the heat death of the universe as possible and still write something that connects with people, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Even with neither you nor I like Crybaby. Delvin Crybaby available now on Netflix. One of the better representations of gay characters in an anime. <laughs> that's still the thing I find the fucking funniest about game, about fucking Delvin Crybaby. Oh, the the nature of Satan in it? No, not the nature of Satan. The fact that the fact that like the one character's entire story revolves around him being gay is doesn't actually have the gay thing be a super big part of his character and treat him just like everybody else. Yeah, okay, fair. Like his relationship with his boyfriend that triggered him into becoming a devil man, him having sex with a guy, it's all done the exact same as it is with other people. With like yeah. fucking straight people. Yeah, except that character also then picks a weird, hard turn that doesn't make any... I, I don't want to get started on... No, yeah. Well, you, you and I... Technically, everybody but Devilman does that. <sighs> although, I kind, although, it really feels like D- Devilman should have had a more of a turn at some point in the story. Yeah, probably. that was my big problem, that there were several points that in a normal well-developed written relationship would have been conflict flashpoints that would have drastically changed the dynamic between characters, but just never did. Yeah. Like, like the pyre just rolls up. Hey, you know that person you've loved your entire life who kind of in a dick move, imagined themselves ending up with you when you were a devil man. Yeah. They're on like seven sticks and your buddies are dancing with them. At which point, I think he just cries and runs away. Uh, he takes the head with him. Yeah, okay. Don't you remember there was that image that you made fun of where they recycled the background from like like Hanna-Barbera style where he was just riding a motorcycle with her head under his arm? No, that that wasn't it. That was the end of the episode. She was still alive. Like This was like her flash. That was the thing I made fun of. It was the fact that she fucking, like, had this flash, like, she had this, like, dream image of the two of them on a motorcycle riding off into the sunset. But it's not the him she grew up with. It's the him that has possessed by has been possessed by a demon. Yeah, I know. Oh, I guess I just conflated two different times he rides a motorcycle, one of which had him riding around with the head in his armpit. <laughs> I do not remember that at all. But whatever, we're not talking about Devil Man. You want continue no. with sight, so I don't get yeah, distracted again. Um, the thing that I will say this series has going for it the most is I really like the artwork in the manga. Okay, I thought it looked kind of standard, but like it, it, it does look a bit standard. But like as they get as they get more into as they get more into it, uh, the actual like it they managed to make it like very 
expressive and energetic. Uh, they managed to have it be exploitative, for, exploitative enough for this kind of series, but not exploitative in the level of like a Magical Girl Apocalypse. Where these, where a lot of, where like one of these characters is like, yeah, very much fucking just tits and ass or whatever. But like a good chunk of these characters are relatively reasonable in terms of proportions, and they're and they're none, none of them are shown like like when they are doing the horrible sex crimes at them. None of it, none of it is really drawn in such a way that it's supposed to be like erotic, like it is in a lot of these other series. It is just, hey, this is happening. It's disgusting. And another thing that I actually surprisingly enjoy is, uh, or like appreciate is the effort that went into making the moderators of the site look different. Because the moderators, none of them, like all of them are vaguely human shaped. None of them look like real people. Like the way the way their features are look entirely different from everybody else. And they have this weird grain effect over them that does a really great job of making them feel like they aren't actually beings of the world and are like some, some other entity. And like, it's a small thing, but it is a thing that I appreciate the artist going through the trouble of actually doing. Uh, and yeah, I'm probably going to end up keeping reading this to the end or at the very least until I get bored. Like character wise, it is, like, no one really stands out as a, aside from the people who are meant to, no one really stands out as a super terrible character. No one really stands out as a super, like, strong character. They're just kind of in the spectrum of pretty good to pretty bad. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to come out and say this. This is a three-star series for me. Okay, three out of five? Yeah, three out of five. It is not, like, like, like the things that are bad about it are real bad. But there is enough kind of there's enough that I am interested in or that I like around it that I can still enjoy the series to an extent. This is a real okay that I would never recommend to anybody ever. It's been a okay. while since I've talked about a book like this. Anyway, uh, moving on from there is a book that I was really interested in when I started reading it and now can't remember much about it because it's been like four months since I read it. Uh, so, Sachiiro no One Room. Okay. I have never heard of this. Yeah, it's about a 26-year-old kidnapping a 14-year-old and then promising to marry her. Which okay, I, I kind of want you to just stop now, but yeah. So, so uh, yes, yeah, so there's this girl. Uh, her name is never given, and there is a guy. His name is never given. He ends up stalking this girl, and he is stalking her for months, taking pictures of her, posting her all the walls and stuff. But it's not. It doesn't seem to ever be like a like sexual nature to it. It just kind of is an obsession. And so one day as he's following her around, she is about to kill herself. So he stops her and says, hey, how about I kidnap you? And so then the two of them start living together in his one bedroom apartment. And just like seeing 
the development of the story on the news about, hey, this girl went missing and stuff, and learning more about this girl's life and how, oh, she was bullied and her parents beat her. And delving into the psychology of both someone who would ki- someone who would stalk and kidnap a girl for a non-sexual reason, as well as someone who would willingly go along with being kidnapped. Yeah, when he said, "Hey, let me kidnap you," her response was instant smiles. Hell yeah, dude, let's br- let's go, bro, and then fucking go into his house and hanging out. And yeah, yeah. So they say, so they say like. So uh, he kind of, essentially just kind of asking her like, "Hey, should the cops like should the cops not find us? Let's get married. If they do find us, let's kill ourselves." So you have that fucking sort of Damocles hanging over the entire thing, but you kind of forget it's there just from the tone of the series because they go for a more. I don't want to say philosophical because I feel like that's wrong, but they start going over into, into like the nature of their relationship, the nature of their relationship to society, to each other, to anything that's out there. And at a certain point, the series takes this really weird turn because we learn at that point, we learn like a certain point, like halfway through the series that both of the characters have been lying to eat to us and each other about the reasons why this was happening. Like, like he, he's like, yeah, I kidnapped you because of this. But then the reason he actually ended up doing it was because he kind of hated her. Like, like she has like, she, like I can't remember the exact reason behind it. It was a weird, it was a weird reason, but I think the thing about it was she, like he hated her for, I think like treating her life with treating her life like shit or like trying to, he, he hated her for going on living when she clearly wanted to die. And the reason he like stopped her from committing suicide was out of spite almost. It was like, hey, you think your life shit and you want to die? Well, guess what? I'm going to make you fucking happy. And her, she had this whole other reason that I can fucking barely remember. But it's interesting. It was an interesting little character bit with these two characters. Um, it was drawn well, like competently, uh, not super flashy or anything. Uh, when they get into like the more like, when they get like the more like panic attack mode with her, when she starts like freaking out about like, oh God, I think my mom's, I think my mom's fucking following us doing all this shit. And she's just goes into like panic attack mode. They actually managed to get some interesting looking stuff in that, like with like speech box with like, you know, speech bubbles and reflections and stuff. But for the most part, it is just kind of flat monotone, not, not monotone. There's a very flat neutral palette in black and white. Okay. And yeah, I I found it interesting for a while, but after but after that while, I stopped reading it and then just kind of never picked it back up. Like while I was in it, I was invested and interested, but once they got to the point where both of them kind of revealed their hands and then started moving in a different direction, I was just kind of I guess the I guess like I was more interested in the suicidal romantic aspect of it than the than the two assholes aspect of it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like when I left off, uh, it was a they'd introduced a detective character 
who was the most anime motherfucker in this book. Because I'm pretty sure he was like a child with red hair and sharp teeth. It just felt kind of incongruous and everything. Like he did not fit at all. He felt like a fucking Solier character or something. But yeah, like when I when I left off, uh, he was like getting close and had like moved in next door to them in the place or whatever. It was a whole thing. And I think actually when they introduced him is when I really started to like begin to fall off. Like that was the beginning of the descent of just, oh, this guy, he does not fit the tone they've been doing so far. And I just kind of kept going down and down until I just kind of lost interest. Okay. Yeah, then moving on from there, uh, final thing, uh, The Last Human. It is a Chinese webcomic. It is fine. It is a thing that I mainly read out of just, yeah, I got nothing better doing. Let's read this thing that is mildly entertaining. Uh, and it is, it's in that isekai shoot off thing where like, Hey, this big, horrible thing happens. And then the main character flashes back to the past to try to prevent it from happening. But this time in a contemporary zombie apocalypse. Like, like our main guy, he had been surviving in the zombie apocalypse for 10 years and he was, as far as he was aware, the last surviving human. And so he was parked up on this like massive structure of cars fighting off the zombie horde. And is like, yeah, okay, this is it. I'm going to die. Might as well go down swinging. Later, bitches. And then wakes up 10 years previously, right before the fucking apocalypse happens. So he's able to save his best friend. And then begins this massive quest to go find his girlfriend from the previous timeline. Who also died, apparently. I mean, presumably. And uh, yeah, it's just this. It's just like the beginning days of like an outer space zombie apocalypse where the zombies like where the zombies like mutate into weird other shit and people have the ability to develop superpowers by controlling the their breathing and manipulating the virus that is inside their bodies. He ends up getting Yeah, I think I, yeah, is this the one where I I swear that all the characters look and act like they're from like a later Resident Evil sequel? Kinda actually, yeah. And like not like seven, but like between four and six, one of those. Yeah, like a bit more of they, they joke a lot more. Um, the actual zombiness of it is not even really a thing anymore. It's now just kind of superpowered people bitch slapping each other. Yeah, I think I did read this and I lost interest. <laughs> and that is entirely fair. It is not a super interesting series for like a. It's a zombie story. B. It is. A is like one of these like fucking like flashback things where the people get so goddamn powerful that nothing is ever really a threat. Um, the art is nothing to write home about. Like it is competent, but not necessarily good. Like character design wise, I think it works in like giving them each you know, their own distinct look and personality and everything. But it's it like it's grown on me since reading it. But it's not anything super. Quality. Like, yeah. I'm not really sure what the selling point of this is. It's just everything <sighs> is competently done enough for the series to be technically good. Yeah, and I guess that because it doesn't do anything, all that hooking, 
you kind of have to have it fit your taste already to keep reading it beyond a certain point, which it just didn't for me. So it just was diminishing returns really quickly. Yeah. Meanwhile, I will apparently read any goddamn Yisgai story that's ever written. Well, I've read some weird ones. Like I, I read this weird one that I wasn't even sure if I cared enough to talk about called girl in science. (laughs) Okay. Where the main character uh, is kind of a wimp who wants to fuck this chick who's kind of a dick who's obsessed with fighting, but she likes the idea that he wants to treat her like a woman until they're both summoned to another world where he's stuck at the bottom of the barrel in one city learning to develop supernatural powers, where she starts basically at Super Saiyan Goku level. <laughs> But it is still his goal to find her and rescue her. That at least sounds interesting. Yeah, I guess. It's better than the, it's better than the one of nine thousand I've read, where it's just, hey, guy with no personality ends up in a world. Oh, that world is bad. He gets a harem and then kills everyone. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, last human. It's it's fine. I don't have anything else to say about it. Just it's, it's fine. Yeah. If you read it, you might enjoy it. If not, you won't feel bad or like you've wasted your time or anything. Yeah, I think the only one I'm kind of enjoying is the one called with with a really stupid name called "My Wife Is the Demon Queen," which is an isekai story. But the whole thing is that the main character is just an artificer. Okay. Because like he has no talent for com- talent for combat. He can't use magic. The only thing is that he's a really great artist and they have tools in this world where if you could draw really well, you can make it real. That sounds neat, actually. I, I, I'll probably check that one out. Uh, but I am busting for a piss and I don't think we have any news. Uh, I can't think of anything other than apparently it's Steins Gate's 10th anniversary. Well, alrighty then. Happy anniversary, Steins Gate. That's good for this week. Thank y'all for joining us. We'll be back. Some fucking point more of this shit. Until then, I'm dead. And I'm Birdie. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>